I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. You know how I like to give you a little preview of what we're looking like right now. What is it? Give us the trailer. Well, you're wearing my underwear. That's true. And no pants. That's also true. <laughs> it's hot. It's real hot. Yes. Yeah. Shame. We freaked out some people. Yeah. Because uh, we were outside in our chonies because it's hot. For, really hot. For Santa Cruz, 85 is like really hot. That's Fahrenheit. And we don't. That was Celsius. We'd be dead. And we don't have AC because it's Santa Cruz. Also. Yeah. So we're uh, half naked right now. Just in, just picture it. April and Amy on a, what you call this? Mustard yellow? What is this couch? Yeah. Mustard yellow couch with two dogs. You could call it like booger yellow, depending Both. on if you have sickness. <laughs> All right. You lost them. I was trying to make it sexy. Damn it. Hey, All boogers right. can be sexy. Well, uh, boogers, cougars, they kind of rhyme. Uh, so this podcast is about cougars and why they're awesome and not about boogers. And Cougarville. About Cougarville. Well, that, that's an app, actually. That's our uh, um, online dating site, I believe. Well, we we learned a valuable piece. I learned so many valuable takeaways. Yeah. I never knew what a cougar was. The definition. What, 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 who was defined as being a cougar? And I remember being in my 30s and hooking up with younger dudes and being like, I'm not a cougar. You need children or you need to be uh, like a 70-year-old. You were needy, you them what they need to be? Well, no, this was in my head. Oh, I was okay. saying, I'm not, I'm not a cougar. I'm a puma. I'm a jaguar. Yeah. I'm a bobcat. I'm a lemma. Well, we talk, we talk about that in this podcast. We're like, what kind of cat am I? Am I a bobcat? Am I a puma? Am I a jaguar? April's yeah. a jaguar. Jaguar. I'm a bobcat. You're, yes. She's a, she's so, I think so you nice. might be a mountain lioness. Ooh, they're they're mean. That's a, that's a cougar. Oh, they're like they're oh. the same family. Oh, those are this. Oh, damn. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm the smaller I was wild cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm mm. and so she even said that I was not a tabby or a house cat. Okay. So tabbies are a lot of times boys. By the way, they're they're males. Did you know that? The I mean, cats? Ozzy was a tabby. I'm gonna cry now. Okay, I'm not and gonna cry. And he was a boy, right? Uh, anyways, yes, he was a boy, and he was my beloved cat that I think has transformed into my current dog that is on my lap right now as we hang out in our lingerie. So uh, this episode is about cougars and why they are awesome. Uh, Doctor Sarah Hill was also in episode number one four four. So one four four. You know, this is your brain Wait, on I, birth control. I have to tell you, a group of cougars is commonly referred to as twihards. Whoa. As in an intense older age female fans of Twilight series. Ah! (laughs) Seriously? That's what it says. But that's not that's I just thought that was funny. It actually reminds me of you were just talking about like Game of Thrones stuff. And it sounds like they're the Twihard family and House of Twihards. No, no. Anyone? Well, it could (laughs) be. That's House of Targaryen. (laughs) Um, But it's a a group of cougars is a colony. All right. Or a troop. Or a troop. So not pride. 
No, because we said that cougars are actually solitary animals. Mm. Oh yeah, well leopard is, and anyways, we're not going with this. Is fun? No, this is all about. That's not what this is about. It's about sex. April. God damn it! I really wanted to go into animal group names. We'll start a separate podcast for that, (laughs) and no one will listen. Probably, I will not be on it. (laughs) It'll just be me. I'll be the spouting gallery on the side. Like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Amy will write me one star reviews on this. She'll be like, over and over. By the way, don't ever do that to us um no only uh, don't find if, that funny i actually cry have, and it, i'm not kidding yeah if you have not written a five-star review for us and you love us please 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 go to itunes and spotify now and write us a review uh it can even just be a little emoji or just a heart or just love or whatever it'll take you f- what, 10 seconds every day please go do it and cougars never have prides i just learned that Mm. It's called Google.com, everyone. Wah, wah, <laughs> All right. Wah. We should do a sex question because I'm no, rambling. We're almost there. Oh. Okay. Oh. I th- okay. So oh. two, I have two key points. Number one, we are in a podcast family, pleasure podcast. And uh, we actually re- referred to it on this podcast uh, about, um, well, uh, the cougar of, of uh, sorry, wrong podcast of um, sex talk with my mom. Uh, and also, good mom's bad choices is an awesome fucking podcast. They've been on our show before and they are going on tour. They might be in a city near you. So stay tuned at the end of the show. They're Chicago, they're in DC, they're in Atlanta and they're in New York City. Nice. Y'all. So like, I just looked it up. Oh, right, nice. Good job. So at the end of the show, there will be a trailer for uh, how to find uh, their upcoming dates. And that's going to be soon. Y'all it's in it's, the month of September and then early October, 2022. It's like coming up right around the it's corner. It's coming up. And it's also in the show notes. And, I will give you a sex question, but before we do so, we want to give a shout out because you know what we love? Sex toys. We love sex toys. Yes, we definitely do. We loved orgasms. Oh, yes. Yeah. All the the above? Yes. Okay. And we love sex toys, orgasms, and woman-owned, operated, or independently-owned sex toy companies or people that are entrepreneurs. So if Jeff Bezos opened a sex toy company, you wouldn't buy him? That's not who I'm praising right now. No, <laughs> certainly not. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Don't, so what I would say is do what you, you do you. But you know what we love at Shameless Sex? We love when people start their own companies as entrepreneurs. And there is a lovely company called Unwrap Pleasure Shop that is doing sexy combo kits with everything you need, depending on your mood. You could be get your, your sun on, your water, your moon. Uh, and we just got a nice shipment of the water kit, which features the fun factory tiger that was one of our best-selling sex toys when we well also when i worked at fun factory the tiger it's a vibrator and it's flexible and it has ridges your mom loves it your mom loves it your mom loves it it kind of has an uncircumcised head and ridges and it's awesome it's bendable you press fun to play oh yeah it's really cool and also it's tingly nipple cream all kinds of things and uh so this isn't the only thing they have they have all kinds of kits depending on your mood so um we want to really just give a nice shout out to this company you go to unwrap dash pleasure shop.com and you can go and choose your sexy kit for your mood in the moment and my shout out that's my shout out all right ready for a sex question yes i did read this one yes you did <sighs> here we go i can't figure out what i am what i know is i'm a cisgender male who has finally come out as bisexual to myself and my wife but i am not super attracted to penis owners however since i was 14 i've wanted to play touch and have sex with cocks 
dildos, or homegrown. I played with toys on my own, but always kept it hidden. I'm attracted to vulva owners and M to F trans women. I don't know what this means or what category in the LGBT plus spectrum I fall into. And this is causing confusion and pain. I know that labels mean little and yet they feel important to my own identity. Please help. I want to give some background because this is a longer question. This person is 48, married for a while, and uh, they stated they recently came out, but it's um, a newer experience to embody this part of themselves, even though they obviously have been playing with sex toys, sounds like maybe anally, but not sharing that with anyone. And so they're looking for, this is my uh, whole breakdown, breakdown, my whatever, my, my labeling of the label of trying to find a label. So I'm torn personally because i hear that a label feels important to you so i'm going to give support for that and your identity and so i'm going to i'm obviously going to help with that and i'm sure you are too and i also love to emphasize the social pressure that tells us that we need to have a label to feel like we understand ourselves and have an identity and that i know in a lot of people who feel like outside of orientation outside of gender like I could be in a kink today and tomorrow I'm in a tantra, you know, I mean that these things are fluid and ever changing and that we don't have to just be like, yeah, I'm a total kinkster or I am a non-binary person or I am a straight person or I am, you know, I'm a, but you know, it's, it's, there's so many options that that could change. And, and for some people they don't. And so that is one side of, but they're not asking for me to say that. So, or us. And I don't know if you want to add anything to that before I go into my other piece. I think go into the other piece and then I want to share my piece. Okay. So if you're looking for a label, sounds to me like you're exactly like what you, you said. You we have a stated. really great label making company. You <laughs> yes. can just plaster it all over. So if you Feel want good. a label, you're a cisgender male who is also bisexual, but you're not into penis owners. So you're in uh, silica. So let's, let's, let's play with this. You like things in your ass and you're attracted to... M to F trans women. And I don't know what that means because I don't know if they've had post-op surgery. Uh, M to F means male ma- to female. Technically, they had a penis. Anybody, and now, yes. Yeah. In case anyone out there needs to or know actually, what that sorry, means. sorry. Actually, maybe they didn't have a penis. Now right. be, that's what, so that was, that's my question there. Are, is it only folks who don't have penises that are now identified as female or a woman? And where do you fall on the spectrum and the spectrum? So LGBTQIA plus i mean it is a ever expanding ever changing spectrum and at the end of the day i would say you get to decide where you fall where do you most identify you are a cisgender male who comes out as bisexual to me that sounds pretty legit like that's probably your identity and you don't need to really narrow it down. I know plenty of bisexual people that lean more towards certain genitals. Like I prefer vulvas more than penises, but I am bisexual um, or vice versa or or I'm across the board. It doesn't matter. Pansexual. But it sounds like you kind of answered it in the first or second statement of your question. Well, completely touching on one piece of this and the label piece. And one thing that I just wanted to share and thank you for that, Amy, I think that was important. And what came up for me is I think that uniqueness should be celebrated. And even if you don't fit into a category or some label that you want to maybe uh, tag on yourself on some level, I think that being unique is it's special, meaning it's not weird. It's not fucked up. It's unique. It's 
cool. It's celebrated. It's out of the norm, which I also think doesn't get enough, doesn't it get enough kudos. And right now, maybe you don't know where to place yourself and that is okay. And maybe you never will. And I think celebrate your sexuality in this way and honor this part of yourself that you are identifying as being bisexual. And as long as you are in a partnership and you're being honored by your partner, in that and hopefully you can figure out ways to explore that and it doesn't have to be with other humans that could be with content that's available online that could be with se- other sex toys episode the last one with royal completely. fetish right completely. they talked it all about totally this. with only fans accounts with yeah. and i think that you may be different but at least you're not the same i've used that <laughs> yeah. since i was little that was like, a, like that. a poem that i wrote when i was in fourth grade because i always i always differed from the norm and I always shamed myself for being different. I always wanted to fit in and I remember saying like, well, I might be a little bit different, but at least I'm not the same. And I think for you as a human, celebrate your uniqueness. Thank you for being you. Thank you for offering the world something outside of the fucking norm. We don't always have to be categorically the same. And thank you for reaching out. And I celebrate you. And I'm sure Amy does too. 100%. And so I don't think you need help here. I think keep honoring yourself. Keep keep identifying yourself as whoever the fuck you feel like you are and who gives a fuck about what society says about how you should or shouldn't be exactly and in this podcast with dr sarah hill we actually i talked about my mom who's bisexual and how so she uses that label ish. she also uses queer she, she also uses, queer. uses i don't want to yes. use a label right and right. and that's totally cool but that's her right she's like i'm totally fine not having this and so sometimes she's bisexual sometimes she's queer sometimes she's i have no label she used to be straight by the way so wow look at look at this whole like plethora of options on the table so you know it doesn't mean that whatever you decided today has to stand for tomorrow it doesn't mean you have to make a choice and if it's important to you to make a choice then you decide that and what that is and it doesn't mean that it is just this stagnant thing that is going to hang out forever and that it won't shift tomorrow so maybe that the piece of which actually you talked about in this podcast as well april actually not disappointment but like not having expectations or feeling disappointed if the thing that you thought about yourself changes and being expectations okay can lead to disappointment. Yep. And I also think that you may, once you release some of these expectations on yourself to find the category or where you belong with air quotes or what your label would be, if you can release some of those, you may just drop into something deeper and more real. And it might not exist on some um, l- aspect of how we're going to label you or what we're going to call this situation. The last thing I want to... I don't s- want to call it situation. Sorry. Yeah. This, no, this, no, this, this thing that's happening this, within you. Well, it, it, it's an experience that's happening. Yeah. It's a really current big experience and the last thing i want to comment on that is our behaviors do not determine our orientation right Mm -hmm. so just because i want something in my ass does it make me gay straight whatever bisexual all the things so oh it's only again up to you to decide what that is so maybe you 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 let you've had you wanted to play touch and have sex with cocks dildos or homegrown and so there is those are people that are attached to these these whether it's dildos i mean dildos and homegrown are also uh, that's a, a diverse variety um, one is attached to a human and one is silicone or ho- well hopefully silicone if you're getting the good ones but um so and this is just something for you to consider. Again, we're not going to tell you what who you are, what you should be. It's up to you to decide and to consider and to be open to playing with um, and the unfolding that could continue for the rest of your life in a beautiful way. It doesn't have to be painful. And I mean, it might be painful, but it could also be really exciting. Like every day is a new day. 
and I'm clapping like she's doing like spirit fingers. Th- no, this is called the drag queen clap. If you've never watched the show Legendary, watch it because it's fucking amazing. Clap like a drag queen. It's uh, clapping those fingers. It's like silent. It's uh, it's silent, it looks but like an it's like it's it's amazing. I'm telling you. Clap like a drag queen. We're like trying to do like a puppet animals. No, it's like middle finger with or shadow animals or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Shadow puppets. Are you ready for a bio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dr. Sarah Hill is an award-winning research psychologist and professor with expertise in women, health, and sexual psychology. Her work has been written about in outlets like the New York Times, The Economist, The Guardian, and you can see her featured in the Netflix documentary The Principles of Pleasure. Most recently, Dr. Hill has been using her expertise as a consultant with Cougar Life, a dating website for those seeking female-led age gap relationships. To learn more, go to sarahehill.com. And that's Sarah with an H, y'all. All right, everyone, it is interview time and we are here with repeat guest, Dr. Sarah Hill. And Sarah was on Dr. Hill. Should we call you Sarah or Dr. Hill? What do we call me? Call me Sarah. All right, Sarah. So Sarah, Dr. Sarah uh, was also on episode 144. This is we're talking about this. This is before the uh, pandemic happened. So when uh, before all the masks and all the fun things in the episode, I believe was called This Is Your Brain on Birth Control. And I think that's the name of your book as well. And this episode is not about birth control or STIs or pregnancy or any of that. A whole different topic. We're talking about cougars. And (laughs) I'm so excited because I can't believe we haven't done an episode on cougars before. Um, We're in a podcast network. We did a couple on pumas. Pumas or bobcats. We have some questions about those. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're in a podcast network called Pleasure Podcast with Sex Talk with My Mom, uh, which is another podcast. And the mom of that podcast identifies as a cougar. And so they do a lot on cougars. And she probably has talked about being a cougar on our show. But right now we're actually going deeper into the idea of what it is, like, why is being a cougar so awesome? Or what does it mean to be a cougar? Or why are younger men or male identified folks attracted to cougars? So before we do all of that, and even though you've been on our show, we'll start with the same prompt. Can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you're today in the field of sexuality? Yeah. So, um, I really early on was interested in, um, in, uh, sexual psychology and mating and attraction. And, uh, this probably isn't shocking to you all, but a lot of the research that, um, that's been done in like trying to understand attraction and relationships and dynamics and relationships has been done from a male perspective. No way. Yeah. No shocking. (laughs) (laughs) No, really? Like really? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so, so, you know, I've always been interested and trying to tap into like, well, you know, what does this actually look like for women? Like what are women attracted to? What sort of motivates us, um, in terms of partner attraction, partner choice and, and our sexuality. Um, and I was also really interested. I've always been interested in the rules that govern women's sexuality. And we're going to get a little bit into this today, but it's just this idea that, you know, we have so many more rules for what, what's okay for women. And I mean, and you all, I mean, this is like the reason that a podcast like yours is so fantastic is because it's really breaking down that boundary, right? Because for so long, it's just been completely taboo to even talk about like female sexual pleasure and, you know, all of this, but I mean, there's so many rules and and no matter where you go in the world, no matter like where on the globe you land, uh, there's more rules governing women's sexual behavior than men's sexual behavior. And, um, and so I was always really interested in trying to understand 
know, what are the forces at play with all of that? And then also just trying to understand women's um, sexual and, and romantic psychology and um, understanding the biological underpinnings. And that's how, what brought me to my book that I wrote, you know, this is your brain on birth control, right? But then sort of the other side of this, the relationship side and the mating dynamics and the rules governing women's sexual behavior side of things um, is what uh, led me to partner with uh, Cougar Life. Um, and begin to uh, try to better understand how do people feel about female-led age gap dating and like have our attitudes about this change? What does it mean to be a cougar? You know, all of these different types of questions that uh, we're going to be covering today. I feel like I used to live in Southern California and I don't know if anyone that living in Southern California feels this way, but I lived in Newport beach specifically for a while. And I always felt like that was the land of cougars in a, in a very prideful way. No pun intended. I don't know if cougars live in, live in pride <laughs> oh. I figure that one out. Uh, or if that's no. just a lion, not lioness area. Uh, yeah. However, uh, that I was, had a deep respect for it. I thought it was really cool because I felt like the women that I would see down there cougaring out, which we'll get into what is a cougar in a minute, but they did it with pride. So I like that. And I want to hear your perspective, but before we talk about kind of what, what other people and what your research shows about Cougar, Cougarville also Cougarville, <laughs> Cougarville. Yeah. <laughs> let's share with the audience. What is a cougar? Wow. What? I love this. So, you know, generally when we're talking about cougars, we're talking about a, a woman who is seeking a female led age gap relationship. So it's a woman who's dating younger than herself. It really, it, it can be defined in a lot of different ways. So some, you know, like traditionally defined, it's just a, female in a female led age gap relationship. So when if the, if the woman's older, then she's a little cougary. Um, but like really, you know, the, the definition oftentimes is most applied to women who are dating somebody who's about 10 or more years younger than themselves. Um, and so, you know, and I loved, um, you know, we had, we had talked before the broadcast about like, what is a cougar and like, is it cougary, for example, is it like a cougary behavior? If you're a 30 year old dating a 25 year old, um, or you're a 37 year old, dating a 27 year old. Um, is that the same thing as like somebody who's a 50 year old dating a 40 year old or a 30 year old? Um, and you know, and that's like a really interesting question. And it's not something that like has been systematically researched. And I was really thinking about it because I think it would be a really fascinating study. If you just asked people like on a scale of like, you know, 0% to 100%, like, what is the cougariness of this behavior? Or like, how much of a cougar is this woman? You know, to like really like get at like, what is that? Like, what, what does that mean? Um, and, you know, when, when we hear people talking about it, um, sort of, you know, just uh, conversationally, it's generally talking about, um, I mean, any woman who's, who's there, where there's a significant age gap, but usually 10 or more years younger than themselves. So they are, don't have to be a specific age. It's not like they're over 50, then you're a cougar. It's I, okay. Yeah, so then I was, yeah, that's what I was, I was going cougar. to ask. So, so, when, yeah, I, yeah. so when I was, so when I was 25, cougar. I dated a 21 year old and that at that age, that's a pretty big, big age gap. Actually, mm -hmm. it felt pretty significant because we we're at different places in our lives, but I wouldn't have called myself a cougar then. Um, so now at 37, if I, so if I dated 27 year old and am I a cougar? So I also, I just want to know, 
am I a bobcat or a cougar? Or can I be like some other kind of cat? Like what kind of cat? Jaguar. Oh, right. Yeah, no, I'm thinking, yeah, like, like definitely not like just an average house cat. Right? You don't like, like there, you're not like a tabby or like a, like a calico. Oh, I love tabbies. Like, <laughs> like I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, no, I like that. Like, yeah, maybe a bobcat, maybe a, yeah. I like the jaguar or a panther. Ooh. Ooh. panther. I like a puma. Wait, do we, we even know where the term cougar came from? No, you know, that's like a really, that's a really (laughs) fascinating question. I mean, you know, it's this idea that it's this, this, this animal of prey, right. That's preying on um, something that's relatively helpless. Right. And so I think that the idea is here, you have this older woman who's, you know, preying on this like poor defenseless younger man. And, um, and it's, it's pejorative. I mean, it's like not, you know, like that's not like a positive label. And, and I love that, um, you know, now we do see that women are sort of wearing that like a badge, badge of honor. And it's like, you're going to, it's kind of like, um, you know, in, uh, in black communities where they've taken back, you know, the use of some words that have been, you know, used really negatively to describe them. And they're like calling themselves that because they're taking, ownership and it's just like you know essentially saying fuck you mm-hmm. you know this That's is fine. why yeah this or like is, the word this slut is... like the yeah. word, we're doing that with the word slut and slut shaming and like we can be like i'm a fucking slut and i love it right exactly i mean it's like taking the taking the um negative connotations out of the word and and i think that the word you know originated because essentially we're trying to stigmatize the behavior of older women who are dating younger men who are, or much younger men um, and, you know, essentially, you know, when it comes down to it and like, what is a cougar? It is when you see an older woman dating a younger man and you don't like it. Right. Mm. So then you call her a cougar because that's like, oh, look at that. You know, isn't she a cougar? Um, and, and, you know, sometimes people will say it in a, a positive way. And like I said, I, I love that um, people who are engaged in, in female led age gap dating and, and even, you know, companies like Cougar Life, which is, you know, is a dating app that, uh, that focuses on, you know, communities of people who are looking for these types of relationships are, are taking that back and saying like, this is a point of pride. Like, and again, I don't know that's a pun. It feels like it should be a pun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, and there's also, research it later. I think there's also, uh, when I was single for a little while, there's also something to say about um, certain dudes out there in the dating world that prefer dating older women, let's say mm-hmm. old evolve, older Volvo owners, especially I'm talking about a lot of the, this uh, heterosexual folks out there, yeah, yeah, at least yeah. in my experience. And uh, because I remember being, uh, I was at least, I think almost every guy that I had hooked up with besides uh, the person that I ended up staying with uh, were all at least five to 10 years younger than I was at the time. And I never considered myself a cougar because I had a different definition. I also didn't think it was negative, but I think there is something to be said from the flip side, something to learn from uh, being with an older woman. If you are a penis owner and you're 21, you're like, I kind of, I want to learn what it's like to have some experience and experience meaning 10 more years plus, uh, with someone. So I think that it, it there's a lot of positivity to hooking up with someone older, uh, especially from the flip side. Cause t- typically we think of, Oh, an older man and a younger girl in that dynamic. What is that? What's the name for that? daddy right. yeah no, so it's so funny because like if, if we don't have a name for that right we just are like oh no those are just silver fox and that's just an yeah. older uh, attractive man yeah yeah right we just call them men 
you know, if, <laughs> if there's like an older man dating a much younger woman, we just call that a man. And, but when a woman does the exact same thing, we attach this like predatory pejorative label on it. And again, this is like women have been subject to sexual double standards of all kinds you know, and it's like, it's okay for men to have casual sex It's not okay for women to have casual sex. It's okay for much older men today, you know, much younger women. It's not okay for women to do the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's as women, there's so many people who have a vested interest in controlling our sexual behavior, right? Our like men have a vested interest in controlling what women do because, you know, God forbid, if sex is too pleasurable, we might want to go out and have it with other people. Right. And women also have a vested interest in other women's sexual behavior, because if that hot 50 year old is going to be going after the same partners as me, well, then she's a cougar and, you know, and, and she's this bad thing and that bad thing, because we don't want her mixing with our partner pool, you know? And so it's like, it's, there's so many things like forces, both men and women alike, trying to box women into like, you can only do these limited range of, of sexual and dating behaviors. And, um, and it's, it's all in self-interest of the people who are, are giving the negative labels to the older women. And then also it's, that's where shame comes in. When people feel cornered or the dating pool thing, you're lessening my dating pool, stick to your own age group, right? That's like, that's shaming them for, it, it can be an open thing. How about, it's just about attraction and having fun and, and consent, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think that, okay. So in terms of when we talk about this female led age gap relationships, which we talked about a little bit, uh, when male led age gaps are seen as no big deal, why do you think this is besides this, like this, this age gap pool of people, but why do you think, can we change that? And why do you think it, it continues to perpetuate and we shame people for wanting to think outside their proverbial box? Right. Well, I think that the shame, I think ultimately what that comes from is uh, people trying to control these women's sexual behavior. And again, you know, I think that we, that women, especially like younger women have a vested interest in keeping hot older women out of their competition. Right. Because if, um, you know, if, if all of a sudden hot 50 year olds are dating 30 year old men and you're a 30 year old woman and you're looking for a 30 year old man, that's threatening to you. And so I think that, you know, and when you look at who feels and who tends to um, cast these negative labels on older women who are dating younger men, it's younger women. And in particular, it tends to be younger women uh, who don't have partners. Um, and, and so we found in our research with, with Cougar Life that that was, you know, when you look at like who has the negative bias toward um, older women who are dating younger men, it's, it's usually young single women. They're the ones who have the most negativity toward older women dating younger men. And, and so I think that there's, you know, a little bit of that. And then there's also just this idea that, you know, if I were to ask you, um, and I will right now, like, uh, what do you think in like a female led age gap relationship or like a cougar cub relationship? Like, like, what do you think that's about? Do you think that's like about romance and love? Or do you think that's about sex? I think it's more about sex. Right. What do, what do you think? I think, I think it could be about both. And I hate mm -hmm. answering a question like that, but yeah. I don't think that it, we can make an assumption an overall assumption right. about it. I, 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 I don't. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Well, no, so, what do you know? Uh, yeah. So, so no, well, so no, I love that, you know, and uh, so most people assume, like, if I were to ask you, which I just did, like, what would you assume? Like just the first thing that pops into your head, what is this relationship about? Most people assume it's about sex. 
They just assume that this is a, a sexual relationship. Um, and, you know, again, there are so many um, rules out there about women pursuing relationships just simply for sexual gratification. And so I think that part of the stigma against cougars also comes from this, right? It's just like, oh, here's a woman who's going, you know, who's just going out and engaging in casual sex, right? She's just at, somebody's looking for, for casual sex. And then young some, dick. Yeah, there's a woman who's looking for some young dick. And, but what, what's interesting, and this gets to the point that um, you know that that April was making, and like you know, not making assumptions and and all of that. Um, when you actually look at the relation, like the research, so we asked people um, in this in this survey that we did, you know, if if you've been involved in an age gap relationship, um, like what was sort of the basis of this relationship? Was it about sex? And was it about this? Was it about that? The number one sort of reason that people get together in these cougar relationships, and we were specifically looking at ten or more years of age difference. Um, it was because of a genuine organic connection between people where they just didn't let age get in the way. Mm. And so it's like, we have these stereotypes about um, what it means to be involved in one of these relationships. And, uh, and I think that the stereotypes are part of what guides the stigma because every, you know, and, and there's always been, and, and, and I hate it. And I know that you all hate it. Yeah. Um, and I love that your show is, um, you know, working against this, but there we as a society and in every society tends to punish women for having casual sexual relationships. It's like, there's so many rules saying that this is bad and we call those women names, right? Like we call them sluts and we call them cougars um, because we're trying to get them not to do it. Right. And we give people negative labels, you know, psychology research finds that when we, we stigmatize other people's behaviors, when we're trying to get them to stop doing it. You know, we're essentially trying to get people not to do this. And, and, and people are just trying to control older women's sexual behavior by giving them that label, because people do tend to assume that these relationships are about sex only when the most of the time, right. And this isn't to say that, that some of the time they're not about sex. I mean, some of these relationships are absolutely, you know, about like the, an older woman seeking, you know, a really, uh, rigorous, uh, sexual partner, somebody who's, you know, energetic and, um, is, is going to be able to fulfill them that way. And then the younger men, just like you were talking about this idea of looking for somebody who's sexually experienced and really comfortable with themselves. Um, so some of the relationships are born out of that, but the, the result that we found that the most frequent way that these relationships are formed is just based on an organic connection really flies in the face of that stereotype. Hmm. Yeah. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm -hmm. Me too. Mm -hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, 
the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it, too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask you why so many young men want to fuck me, but I think you just answered that. How? So, no. you know, like what what is so appealing about older women and younger men? And then why should women stop second guessing their desirability? You know, in, you just yeah, kind yeah. of stated all of that. But do you have any more to add to that? Well, yeah. So, you know, we asked, uh, we asked, and, and so th- there's a lot of really fascinating things that came out of this, uh, this survey that we did. I'm looking at trying to better understand a female led age gap, uh, relationships. And, you know, some of the things that came out of it was one, we found that most men are open to the idea of dating somebody who's 10 or more years older than themselves. So um, when we uh, asked, and and this was a a poll that was given to um, over a thousand Americans, and it was like a nice um, sort of uh, representative sample of people living in the U.S. who are adults. And, And what we found was that when you asked men, would you be open to dating somebody who's 10 or more years older than yourself? And would you be open to dating somebody who's 10 or more years younger than yourself? Um, what we found was that the percentage of men saying yes to both of those was exactly the same. And it was 60% of men. And yeah, you know, cause we always think like men want older women. And as women, we hear this message over and over and over and over and youthfulness is sexy and, you know, and, and youth and, and youth and beauty and youth. And, um, and when you look at the, the survey results, you know, 60% of men are open to the idea of dating somebody 10 or more years younger than themselves. 60% of men are open to dating somebody who's 10 or more years older than themselves. And so it's something that men are a lot more open to than I think women have um, recognized. Um, and when you look at the reasons that men tend to be most attracted to these relationships, um, it's because of things that I think that women tend to undervalue in themselves. And that's things like their emotional maturity, which was the number one thing that men found really attractive about older women. And even, you know, their, their financial stability and, um, and their, you know, sort of sexual experience and those things matter. You know, I think that we've heard so frequently this message about, you know, if, if you're, se- you know, sexy is youthful, sexy is, you know, this virginal, nubile, you know, and, and it's like, n- n- no, like uh, sexy is knowing what you want in bed. Sexy mm-hmm. is knowing what makes your body work. Sexy is being emotionally mature enough to say, stop touching me there. My clit is here, you know, and this yeah. is thing. <laughs> And these are things that older women are a lot more comfortable talking about than younger women. And like, I mean, I don't know about you all, but I I know that even with myself and I'm in my forties, I think like I'm a much more fuckable version of myself (laughs) than, than I was when I was 30 because I can like communicate and, you know, and, and, and I think that that's like really, I think that's a lot more important to men than we've really given them credit for. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, that was, I was thinking about what you were saying, talking about these younger men. And when I was hooking up with the younger men, even though I was in my mid thirties and one of them was 19, I I checked his ID. I wasn't making sure he was above 18. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I thought he was 21, but I was in Chile and you could go to the clubs at like 18 there. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, tell me that you're really 19. Uh, But I gave zero fucks about the, I, of course, consent, but I gave zero fucks about speaking to what my desire was with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was also, I was very, I was feeling much more sexually liberated at the time. Uh, so I, there were many facets of that, but I think there's something fun and I'm not a mom or anything, but there's daddy issues. There's mommy issues in on all levels uh, with, fo- uh, with people and myself and, and people that I was hooking up with. Maybe some of them did have mommy issues. I started to see a pattern forming for myself. I was like, wait a second. Am I fulfilling? Cause I'm like the strong woman that's helping some of their desires with older women. And also I'm in the sex toy industry. I didn't have a podcast at the time. But that's where the podcast stemmed out from. You would have sex with them and send them sex toys later. But yeah, I, I would. I was like, here, this is your experience. Like use this with your next partner uh, or partners. And I would give them like little gift baskets all over the world because these dudes were from all over so anyway i just it sounds so awesome right now (laughs) it's true i was like so awesome one of one of the guys real quick side story that i think you'll appreciate the 19 year old chilean hi if you're listening love you hello uh (laughs) loved you but you know and before uh anyway he i I used this bullet vibe and he'd never Uh been exposed to sex toys before and he was like after i think we hooked up two or three times while i was down there and afterward, he's like, can I keep this bullet vibe? <laughs> I was like, of course. So I was like, I'm going to send yeah. you a big gift. Like, he was so excited. And I I felt this light almost like this, this veil lift from him. Oh. Like he had been liberated on some level. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, April, that's cool. Yeah. Like I, I did something. <laughs> Yes. I was right. like, it's like my, my social work or something. <laughs> that's her, that's her, her, her gift to the world. My gift yeah. to the world. Right. Them, but you can start a, start a philanthropic organization <laughs> called like yeah. Vibes. With vibes for with my like nonprofit. <laughs> We've been trying to talk about what kind of nonprofit we would start. So you just figured it out. Thank you. I, yeah. Yes. You're so welcome. I do have a question though, besides, besides sharing my funny stories that I don't know if I've ever shared that, but now y'all know it's shameless sex here. So what are some tips and tricks? Cause people in, on our listening to our show love hearing tips and tricks, but mm-hmm. what are some tips and tricks to help fuel women's sexual response at any age? Yeah, no. So I think that, you know, to start with, I think that women need to understand that they're sexy and desirable across the age span. You know, I had this really fascinating conversation with a, uh, with a journalist and we were talking about, um, we were talking about cougars and talking about female led age gap relationships. And she was, you know, and I was telling her about how this is something that most, you know, and, and th- this study focused on heterosexual couples or whatever. Um, and, and she was a lesbian and, but, but, you know, she was like, when we're talking about this, I'm starting to see that older women are a lot more attractive to younger, you know, people than, than I, I had thought. And she's like, I'm just now sort of reinterpreting this thing that just happened to me where I was in a bar and this other, this woman who's like 10 years younger was flirting with me, but I kept telling myself she can't possibly be, be flirting with me. 
I'm 50 and she's 40. She's, she's not flirting with me. And, um, and, and I think that this is so characteristic of women, right. That we tend to think like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I think that we need to recognize that, um, that sexy comes in all different age groups. And I think that doing that and get really getting yourself back in touch with your like inner sex goddess, um, is super important because so much of women's sexual uh, desire and, and just like all of that is looped into how sexy they feel. And like when women feel sexy, um, that's when that turns on and starts their sexual response. And so I think like, that's like number one, uh, number two, get your hormones checked. Right. So here's my other little piece of expertise, um, coming in, uh, to sort of play here. And that is, um, if you are somebody who is uh, premenopausal, and even if you're somebody who's postmenopausal, um, go and get your hormone levels checked. And um, if you're postmenopausal, you only need to get your testosterone checked. But if you're premenopausal, um, getting your, you know, keeping an eye on your cycle, are you regularly cycling? And that will tell you about whether your estrogen and your progesterone are sort of where they should be. Well, I have a question about this real quick, just to interject. Yeah. I, I've heard different things. Is there a specific time you should go in? if you're like perimenopausal to get those hormones checked, is there like a specific time? Because I've heard mixed things and I have my mm -hmm. hormones checked several times mm -hmm. and they're always fine, but fine. I feel like they yeah. can be out of whack. So is there a time that you suggest that you know from it research? Yeah. So, um, so for, for women, uh, who are thinking that they're going, uh, in like, are in the perimenopausal transition, I would, um, you, there's the day three test. So day three is when you go and you get FSH and LH and, um, which, which are pituitary hormones that signal egg maturation, which produces, uh, estrogen. Um, so the, they usually measure that one test is on day three, but then you want, and that's like the, a follicular phase test, but you want to get two tests because you want to do one early in the cycle. Like usually it's usually day three, but then you're going to want to do one that's later on. You're going to want to do one in the mid luteal phase. So like day 20, day 18 is usually the day that they do that one. Um, because you really, um, the first thing to go when you're going through the perimenopausal transition is progesterone. Mm. And that's something you only get in the luteal phase. And so I would do that test first and just make sure. And if your progesterone levels are low, then it could suggest that you may be going into the perimenopausal transition. And what is, what are the ways that we, so like for, for people who have menstrual cycles or what we're watching, what are we watching for? It's, I think it's our menstrual cycle you're speaking to is the main signifier. Yes. So what are we watching? What kind of shift? Yeah. Any, like if your cycle starts to be irregular, um, that could indicate that you're starting a, a perimenopausal transition. Um, and I would like, just like talk to a hormone specialist. If you're, if you're considering hormones, um, the female sexual response is fueled by estrogen and testosterone. Um, and so if you're not producing enough of those things, it can really fuck with your sex drive. Um, and so if your cycle starts to change, that can mean that your estrogen levels are going to get messed up. Um, mm -hmm. and it can also mean that your testosterone levels are going to be messed up. And, um, it, yeah. And so my recommendation is if you start to notice irregularities in your cycle is, um, and, and especially if you're having problems with libido and sexual desire, um, go and talk to somebody, um, who deals with like hormone replacement or hormone therapy, if that's something that you're interested in doing, um, or, or even just see your GP and get your hormone levels tested. 
um, to see whether or not it looks like you might be heading in that direction. The easiest one to catch is testosterone. Like if your testosterone starts to decrease, that's pretty easy to catch. Um, and that's something that um, you can even start to address by supplementing with DHEA, right. which is a supplement and, um, and you can buy it in like in, in as little increments as 25 milligrams. Um, and you, and research finds um, that you can safely take it to up to 150 milligrams and have no weird side effects. You're not like going to grow a tail. Um, and, and, the, and the research finds or that, a beard. Um, yeah, or a beard and the research, have finds, one of those, damn it. <laughs> yeah. The research finds that supplementing with that actually increases women's testosterone levels naturally. And it's because you're giving it the building blocks. You're giving your body the building blocks that it needs to produce testosterone. And I'm um, sort of kind of giving it a footstool. And, um, and then most of our bodies will like take the footstool and stand up. Um, and so a lot of, for a lot of women that will address the issue for other women, it means um, having to go on testosterone therapy. I also learned from self, from experience and my own research, melatonin, if you take melatonin, it actually affects with the hormone levels mm -hmm. in your body and it lowers your testosterone because it is sure a hormone does. that your body produces naturally. So if you are supplementing with melatonin, because everyone's like, well, I could get it at Whole Foods or I get it at the natural food store. It's got to be good for me. Not sponsored by Whole Foods. No, no. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was wondering, my sex drive started to shift. I was taking melatonin every night because it helped me sleep. I had the most bizarre dreams, but I would sleep. And then I'd, I'm like, I don't have a sex drive. I was like, what's going on? And then one of my friends told me, she's like, you need to maybe lay off the melatonin. April, do you know that fucks with your hormones? I was like, no, really? It's natural. And yeah. so anyone out there, if you are experiencing, if you feel like you're experiencing hormone shifts, that in particular melatonin can affect your testosterone levels and your sex drive. It sure can. It sure can. And of course, antidepressants, which, you know, half the population is on those can be very, you know, disadvantageous for a sex drive. Same with birth control pills. Um, you wrote a whole book awesome. on that. <laughs> I wrote a whole book on that and that yeah. can really mess up your sex drive. Um, and so check your medicine cabinet, right. And if you're on one of those two things, um, then, you know, consider trying a new prescription or, um, you know, you can try some, they have different herbal supplements that are actually have been clinically tested, like clinical trials have been done. Um, looking at the effectiveness of them. Um, and, and some of them are effective. So things like, um, maca, which is MACA, that's something that seems to be, um, help a lot of women. DHEA supplementation also um, seems to be helpful in terms of uh, promoting libido um, in the face of birth control or antidepressants. Um, but then also, yeah, just like get your hormones, get your hormones checked. If your cycle starts acting funny and your desire isn't where it and needs to be. Can I ask up just one about that? So if mm -hmm. your cycle starts ask, acting funny, not asking funny. Is that like, so I, I used to have a 30 day cycle and now it's 35. Is that funny? Mm -hmm. Or so that's when it's starting to shift like that, like growing or like, or, or I skipped or a month. Lessening. Yeah. So any right. of those shifts, they yeah, all any any of those shifts. I mean, that means something's changing in your body, right? Okay. And and you know, and it's not ever anything to be alarmed about, um, unless you know, and, and and it's still not anything to be alarmed about. Um, but if you're also experiencing symptoms that you don't like. Like, so for example, if you're having vaginal dryness or you're having low sexual desire or some of these other things that, um, especially as women age, um, can interfere with their, um, ability to get the sex that they want. Um, then at that point I would definitely consider going and, um, you know, uh, getting your hormones tested because, you know, usually, um, especially for younger women, you know, women who are uh, younger than, than 50, um, who are just in this transition, hormonal transition space, taking hormones is something that you can do very safely. And it's something that does sort of um, restore libido and, um, and can, can improve sexual function. 
Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. I have so many questions for you. That's like, because we're on this cougar topic, but but still another question about this. Is yes. it ever too late? So like, say, you know, I'm my, my hormones are changing and right now I'm at 37, but I wait till 45 and then I start doing hormone replacement therapy or something. Is it, is there right. like a, a too late point? No, I mean, look, there, there's a point at which they don't recommend taking um, estrogen and progesterone, for example, like in doing hormone therapy that way. But generally, it's after you're fully menopausal. Um, they they don't always recommend that. Some some doctors will continue with that un, until a woman is like early early fifties, right? So so, um, but for the most part, um, if if you catch if you catch women before like age 50 or so, you can do that safely. There's not like, you know, you need to do it at this like critical window, but I'll say that even for much older women. Um, and when I say much older, I I sat next to this woman on the air, on the airplane to Santa Barbara the other week. And, uh, she, she was 87 years old, 87 years old and had just started testosterone therapy. No. And, and she was like, Cause you know, she, it was the usual conversation. Like, Hey, what do you do for a living? <laughs> for a living. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> we have those too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And you're like, I'm, like, I'm right, an accountant. Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like, buckle up. You know, it's so funny. Cause the answer I give depends on like who I'm sitting next Me to. Too. Right? Yeah, Me too. Yeah. I'm like April. I'm like, uh, I work in yeah. health. 
I, have, I work yeah. with the IRS. That'll <laughs> shut them right up. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like sewage yeah. and sanitation. <laughs> I'm a that's safe yeah. bet. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll be over yeah. here. Oh, good yeah. for her. That's yeah, and, great. And she, yeah. And she just had this new boyfriend that she met. And nice. she was Where'd like, she made him. I have to know. <laughs> she I met him. Him. Yeah, well, she met him on a, cause she's a very um, successful, wealthy businesswoman. Mm. And she met him on a specialty dating website for people who are like multimillionaires. Oh, damn. All I right. know. It's but not so Raya she, or Raya. No, that's where that's, no, that's, that's like, like more celebrities. celebrities and like Insta famous people. Yeah. yeah. yeah like influencers. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, oh, that's awesome. I love that woman. Shout out to you if you're listening to this. And um, that, so, and that gives us hope for just all people in general. Like I mean, just because you're 87, yes. it does of all genders. It doesn't mean it all has to be over. Like you can keep on partying. Right. You can keep on partying. And she was like, I'm having the best sex of my life. And she's like 87 years old. And I love it. And I think that, you know, for women, um, owning the fact, like taking ownership of the fact that we, um, are sexy and can have really good sex and that men, you know, are, are still interested in us even, um, after we're 25 years old. Um, I, I think that that's a really empowering message. And I think that, um, you know, this, this, this research, um, that, that we did with Cougar Life was really, uh, inspi- inspiring in a lot of ways, even to, to me, where I, it violated some of my assumptions about what, um, you know, people thought sexy was. I think one thing, just speaking, I don't know, this won't be the last piece because we need to find out how to work with you and the other uh, I have one other offering. question too. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> We're like hammering you with questions. I, I love it. Podcast. I, I just want to point it. out, like, even if, even if you're in a partnered relationship and you don't consider yourself a cougar, you and your partner are the same, around the same age, or you're a few years apart, you've been together forever, et cetera, et cetera. You can still do these things for yourself, for your self-pleasure, uh, the hormone check-in and balance. Because I know that sometimes, even with, if you have children or you are getting older, or there's different there are different uh, prescription drugs that you're on. I think getting these things regulated for yourself so you feel sexier and you feel more it uh, almost liberated. I, I hate using that term, but you have sexual agency as well, and you feel like the 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 drive to continue um, dropping in to explore your sexuality, if that's for you, of course. I think that's also important. So it's not like oh, I'm on the dating scene now right. and I'm 87. I need to go get my hormones level levels checked because I. I want to be able to bang it out with another 87 year old or a 78 year old or a 19 year old from Chile. You never know. <laughs> so I think that that's a piece that I just want to share because once you do those things for yourself as well, it also does open you up to feeling more attractive. It's, it's almost the foundation, the building blocks of, of creating a sexually empowered space to be in, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong. Right. No, I, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. And I think that, um, that feeling sexy for women, it makes us feel powerful. And I think that taking that, taking ownership of that power, um, at every age is, is, so important, um, in terms of allowing us to feel our best. And you're right. It's not just for women who are like seeking younger partners, but for women who are partnered or women who are unpartnered, just this idea of, of really, yeah, feeling your most powerful and, and sexy and, and taking ownership of that, I think is a really, um, I, I think that it is a key right to, to a foundation of our, of our overall wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I totally agree. So I'm going to throw out my last uh, couple questions and points that they don't all match all at once. So are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So no, number round. one, number one is, is we'll just go bam, bam, bam. Is it true that um, women or Volvo owners who don't have babies uh, actually go into menopause earlier than women who do have babies? Ooh, good question. I have not seen research that says that this is the case. Okay. I've heard people say that, but they're like, fuck. Yeah. We're like, God damn it. That, that's good, Amy. Yeah. That's looking out for us. All right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. All right. Number two, this isn't really a question, but well, actually, do the studies show that women live longer than men and therefore wouldn't it make sense to date a cougar in the first yeah. place? Yeah. No, you know, it's so funny because no, absolutely. The female lifespan is like significantly longer than male lifespan. So yeah, I mean, the whole idea that, um, you know, generally the way that we see relationships go is, uh, is women dating older men. It's like fucked up unless we just want to be single when we're older. Yeah. Like, now I'm going to go date a young one after that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't want some old guy sitting around the house watching Fox News. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Here, okay. I have one more for you. Okay. So when we All talk right. about cougars, because there, there is, there are sugar daddies um, and sugar mamas and too. sugar mamas and sugar babies, uh, but those aren't about age, right? Because you can be a sugar daddy. We can be the same age, right? That's not about an age thing. That's just about money thing. Do you know? I think that that would be like a sugar partner. Right, sugar partner, it? right? So age doesn't really matter. So with cougars, we're talking about age. We don't have a name for the penis owning individuals that are in that world. Um, but there's the silver, the almighty silver fox, but that's just like an attractive older man. Um, but sugar partners are just people who have, have money that we're dating. We do have fuck boys, but that's that's not age. That's just a fuck boy. That's just a fuck boy. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. a fuck boy. All right, those are all my questions. <laughs> yeah, no, any so, age. yeah, well, so just like one more quick thing to, to add that, that we didn't look at in in, um, in our, our past uh, survey, but I'm working with Cougar Life right now to do another survey because um, in one of my conversations I had with somebody, we were really interested in, do we stigmatize female-led age gap dating um, as much like when we're dealing with non-heterosexual couples as we do heterosexual couples? Um, because everybody's sort of intuition and one of the journalists that I spoke with, and, I, and again, you know, so she's a lesbian and she's like, look, in my community, people don't really care, mm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's really interesting. Cause I, my intuition is that, that the attitudes toward um, age gaps within, uh, in not, non, you know, hetero non-cis types of relationships are probably not as strict and that the standards in this, and, you know, the sort of boxes that we put people into are a lot stronger within the sort of, um, you know, heterosexual, cisgendered, you know, straight world. And so, um, and it's really demographically spread. Are we talking about just white people? Are you, are the surveys including people of all different Americans? Yeah. Yeah. Because you said Americans, but yeah, this, this survey was a nice demo, like a demographic swath of heterosexual Americans. So adult Americans. So, you know, we had a lot of, um, we had people who were married and unmarried. We had people of all different education levels, all different racial backgrounds that were representative of what we have in the U S nice. That's, but yeah. Hetero. Just, it, yeah. hetero. Yeah. So it was the same. Cause my, so my mom's kind of, hi moms. Cause she listens to every episode. Hey Janice, hi, Janice. Uh, she's across the board, <laughs> bisexual ish, or like for the first six years of her life dated men or penis owners. And, um, <laughs> and then, to, uh, and she never identified as lesbian, but then I was like, oh, I think I'm bisexual. And she dated someone's 15 years younger than her. No one would ever have thought anything like they never thought of it. Oh, this is a huge age gap. You know, it was just right. like, I mean, it was like they were the kind of the same to me. They were the same age and that's how they felt with each other, too. So, uh, yeah, so they just never thought of it. They were like, oh, wow, 15 years. What a big difference. 
Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to get at that. And then like to try to better understand, like, why is it that our rules are so different and, um, but for different like types of people and different types of relationships, I'm, I'm really excited to find out what we learned. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, find out what you learn as well. Keep us posted on that. And thank you for always, you're, you're such a knowledgeable human. And uh, yes, you're a PhD, but you've written some amazing content for people, uh, a book per se. Are you writing a book on this one? On cougar, uh, cougaring? <laughs> I'm, I'm not writing a cougar book, but who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I will write a cougar <laughs> Do book. It. Sounds yes. like you have enough content to do that. Yeah. I, I would buy it. So can you tell folks out there about your other work that you offer? You mentioned yes. a little bit about the birth control research, plus uh, how they can find you and work with you. Any social handles that you have as well, Dr. Sure. Sarah Hill? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So my my book that I have out right now is uh, This Is Your Brain on Birth Control. And it's just about the way that the birth control pill can um, essentially fuck with your mind and um, change your behavior. And you can find me uh, on all social platforms um, at Sarah E. Hill, PhD. And that's Sarah with an H. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm at. And you were on the principles of pleasure on Netflix, which what? I fucking love that entire series. We know a few people uh, that are in our industry that are on that show as well. And everybody yeah. that contributed was most excellent. And I was stoked to see you. I was like, oh, yeah. Dr. Sarah Hill, we're homies. Okay. Yeah, she lives exactly. in San Diego. She lives in San Diego. She, yeah, she doesn't live in San Diego. I made that up. I was like, oh, Amy, she lives in San Diego. Amy's like, how do you know where she lives? I was like, I remember from last time she, she was on our show. And then when you got on, it was like, do you still live in San Diego? You're like, nope, I never did. I was like, never did. I was just, I made never that did. up somehow. It was a dream. It must have been on that melatonin you took I, I, I was on way too much melatonin back then uh hi i'm melatonin hi my name's melatonin all right well no that's what i meant oh okay hi i'm melatonin oh hi my name's melatonin <laughs> okay. what's your name testosterone all right d-h-e-a sarah yeah, D-H-E-A. we love having you also one thing mm-hmm. that i like to take back is the see you next tuesday because i don't believe cunt should be received as a bad word anymore. Uh, I, I, but people get really triggered by it. But when we went, when we said, see you next Tuesday from the beginning, that's what we were like. It's see you next Tuesday. Cause we launch an episode every Tuesday. And it. so I hope no one out there is offended by our see you next Actually, Tuesday. Was that an accident? Do we mean to do No, that? I meant, I meant it. You, I, I always, it's, did we choose Tuesdays for that reason? It's an acronym. Yes. Oh, I, I was like, let's oh, do see you next Tuesday. So long ago. We're so old. Even now. though you spell C with an S E E, but it's still C. <laughs> it made sense yeah. uh, at the but, time. Uh, but anyway, not the point. The point is for everyone out there that loves shameless sex and loves hearing guests like the amazing Dr. Sarah Hill, please rate us iTunes, Spotify, five stars. We read every single review. It only helps people find our podcast faster, easier. It's a free resource for everyone out there in the world to absorb. So thank you for tuning in whenever you are, if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, which is hump day. So we could have dropped on a hump day, but there's no acronym for that yet. Anyway, love you all. And uh, yeah, anything else I should add, Amy? Uh, I think you say ciao for now. I think you say. Wait, what? Is that what you say? Do you want to say it? Or you, say it? you can say, like okay, you say it. it. Ciao for now. And join the shameless sex revolution. Bye. What's up, ladies? It's Good Moms, Bad Choices. And guess what? We're going on tour. Yes, come join us at the Good Moms Gone Wild Tour. We're kicking off our show in Chicago on September 22nd. Then we hit New York, Philly, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. Grab your girls, get a fucking babysitter, and call your girls or come alone and make some new friends and join us for a night of bad choices and a good fucking time. Make sure you hit the link in this episode description to grab your tickets before they sell out. See you soon.
Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.